Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. It's another week and hence another new edition of Mother Angelica Answering the Call. Hi, I'm Doug Keck, co-hosting with our chaplain here at EW10. Of course, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, as we listen to Mother take on some questions from her classic television programs of the 80s and the 90s. Always great to be with you, Father. And you too. And, uh, you know, we mentioned on an earlier show, it's my 30th anniversary as a priest, and I was looking over my thesis that I had done, actually, my last year of seminary. My thesis was on the media, where I had looked at uh, the number of radio stations, and there was just a handful of Catholic radio stations in the United States at that time. There's one in Alaska and I think one in uh, New York area and maybe one in Florida. And they weren't really full-time kind of Catholic uh, programming. But just to think of the growth of Catholic radio and um, you know how many stations now and opportunities people have to be able to listen to programs and learn about the faith, and that's a wonderful thing. Absolutely, and it's absolutely amazing. It's a miracle, like everything else that virtually happens at EWTN. Let's uh, see what some of the topics Mother had to deal with on this program. Uh, Pray and have confidence in God's love for you. How can I consecrate myself to Jesus? The sacraments of healing and virtue is an occasion when I choose. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting way of talking about virtue she has. I like that because that really brings it home to us, doesn't it? It makes it practical for us that we're presented oftentimes with a test, a temptation perhaps. And it's at that moment that we choose the path to sin or the path to virtue, imitating Jesus. And the powerful thing is, is that when we choose Jesus, we choose the way that he has laid out for us, we actually advance in virtue. And St. Alphonsus Liguori, the great moral theologian and patron of moral theologians, he says that when we resist and overcome, how we advance. So think about that when you face some strong temptation, when you resist and through God's grace you overcome, how you advance in virtue. Right. And, and, and even if in that multiple resistance you end up failing, mm-hmm. that's, that's a step in the right direction. There's the opportunity to go to confession. Exactly. So keep fighting the good fight. St. Paul speaks about the reality. It's a fight. It's a striving. It's a running the race. But it's all worth it. And God's grace is there to assist us so that we will not be tempted beyond our strength. Right. And that the more we try, the easier it is to mm-hmm. deal with it. It becomes a habit. So habit is something that becomes part of us. So we have bad habits, but we want to turn those into good habits. So the more we do things, it becomes more natural to us, just like we brush our teeth in the morning, we don't even think about it. Well, virtue in the same way, can we can grow in a Absolute. facility. Absolutely. Let's see what Mother has to say about virtue is an occasion when I choose. And we have a call. Hello? Hello? Where are you from? Fort Wayne. And what is your question? What is a virtue? A virtue is an occasion when I have to make a choice between doing something to please God or something to please the world or me. The apostle did not at this point show any virtue. Virtue would have been 
to be in deep faith at this time. They saw him perform miracle after miracle. They saw him deliver men from demons and raise, oh dear, gave strength to people who couldn't walk, couldn't hear, couldn't see, gave them eyes and new ears. But they said, who is this man? Now faith is a virtue, or it's, we call it theological virtue, because it comes directly from God. Faith, hope, and love, and you get all of these at baptism. Don't make your children wait till they're 10 years old to be baptized. I think there ought to be a priest right after the baby's born and dunk him. <laughs> Before you wipe him, dunk him. <laughs> Because that's what an awesome thing is, baptism. Now, that's theological, what we mean. It comes directly from God, and that has to be given to us at baptism. Now, at a time when faith could have been, these, these men were baptized by John, not by Jesus yet. So they have an excuse, but they were men of Scripture. They didn't have much excuse. Now, I can, when I exercise faith, that God has given me, then it is a virtue. That I have to believe even when it's hard to believe. Anybody living in the world today, you have questions and doubts even from the altar, from, from catechism class, your children in, in school, they come home and say, oh, that's just a symbol. Now your faith has to act strong. I say, no, it isn't. It's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Father or sister said, I can love somebody and, and have an affair because I love them. No, it's not true. That's virtue, to say the truth. And they must have thought of this after the resurrection and they had the Holy Spirit. They realized they didn't really believe that this was Son of God. Because they said, who is this that commands the wind and the waves? And virtue takes another turn. If I have faith, hope, and love from Jesus at baptism, those virtues, those theological virtues that come from God have to spread out to my neighbor, to me, in every moment of my life. When we have a tragedy, when our prayers aren't answered, when you get cancer, and all these things we get, when your children leave the faith, we have to have that faith that says, Lord, I love them and you love them. I will pray for them. I will love them. There is a belief God will take care. Another virtue of faith is that no matter who tries to, to ruin your faith or d disturb your faith, that happens all the time. Today it does. Like the poor woman I told you about a couple of weeks ago, she wanted to go to confession so bad, she's dying. And the priest came in, he's walking up and down, he didn't want to hear a confession. Finally, everything she said, that's nothing, that's nothing, that's nothing. But she said it all. She wrote me a letter and she said, he said, I wasted my time. But she said, I know, I told him the truth. I told him my sins. He said, well, I absolved. And I said, yes. She died a few days ago. She had faith. That was a time to say, the Lord said, if I confess my sins to a priest, he absolves me. Even if that man was unloving, uncaring, and rude, she was forgiven. She knows that. 
That's a virtue, which means if I feel angry, I don't act angry. I think I want to be like Jesus. I want to be gentle, and I am gentle then. You say, well, that's hypocrisy. No. Why? My motivation is not human respect. My motivation is I want to be like Jesus. St. Francis de Sales had a hot temper. He controlled it so well that he was known as the gentlest of saints. But one day when he was a bishop, some young priest came in and laid him flat for something he didn't like he did. And St. Francis did nothing. The man stomped out. So the secretary of the bishop, Francis de Sales, said, why, why did you lay him out? He said, well, I thought about it. And then I thought, why should I lose in one minute? But I have worked 20 years to get. Ooh, that was virtue. And moving ahead, another call having to do with the sacraments of healing. Are there more than one, Father? There are. And the Catechism says both confession and anointing are sacraments of healing. And Mother speaks about that reality. You know, there's a, a man up in the Hansville area who is a friend of my parents in a way that they would exchange birthday cards because my dad and he were the same age. He's 90 years old. And uh, his health had declined such that he could no longer get to daily Mass. And it was really a burden because he'd been going for decades, really. So he asked if I could anoint him. I anointed him. I, I recently saw him again. I said, it was so, so good to see you at church. He said, I got better. You know? <laughs> so, so that anointing did help him to improve to the point where he can return to Mass again. So I was so grateful to hear that. And what's great, too, with the idea of the gospel anointing the sick, and it's a healing sacrament, and the idea Mother even talks about, I guess it was her grandfather who was always afraid to get the anointing because mm -hmm. he thought he was going to die right after right. it. So it's more liberally given. It's a more you know genuine, generously given now so that people who really have some serious health issues, and that could even be like serious depression even, that we are ready to give the sacrament for those in need because we know the Lord does bring strength. He always brings strength. Mm -hmm. And sometimes healing a body, as in this case I just mentioned. Right, but so many times, I'm sure you witnessed, there was a strength in the faith mm -hmm. side and the ability to deal with what the person was going through, right? So it's like an anointing of their suffering, too. Mm -hmm. They're going through suffering, obviously, but it unites it to Christ's suffering and so it gives them a greater peace, I think, and a strength to embrace that suffering. Amen. Sacraments of Healing with Mother Angelica. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. My question is, 17 months ago, I had a major surgery for ovarian cancer, and I just completed 16 months of chemo, and I would like a prayer, too. But uh, I had called Father over for my confession, and after he absolved me from my sins, he says, I will anoint you now with the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and he took the oil, put it on both sides of my neck, and he says, now that will cover everything. And i like to know what that means, and also, why can't the souls in purgatory pray for themselves, as I pray for them, but why can't they pray for themselves? Right. Anointing is very special. Uh, we read it in the gospel, anointing the sick, and it's a healing sacrament. It's a healing. Many people uh, have been healed 
with the anointing. In fact, in the Acts of the, the Apostles, it says if someone is sick, we pour oil on them, the oil of healing. And Holy Mother Church, because she is such a mother, has allowed uh, people to be anointed more frequently. My grandfather would never let us call a priest because he thought if the priest came, he was about to die. But in those days, they didn't call him till we were about to die. And he didn't want a priest. But that's not true because anointing is not only last sacrament if you're dying, but it's a, it's a healing of the soul and a healing of the body. And that's something we should want to have. And, and priests have to remember that's a wonderful sacrament to give to those that are really sick in, in mind or in body because it, it's a, a necessary sacrament that we don't receive very often. You know? And so remember, you have healing sacraments. The anointing is a healing sacrament. Confession is a healing sacrament. Communion is a healing sacrament. It not only heals, but it builds the image of Jesus in you. That's a necessity. It not only forgives your sins, and not only makes you clean and holy before God, with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwelling in you again, but it makes you more like the image of Jesus. So much so that our dear Lord said in chapter 6 of St. John's Gospel, if you do not receive my, uh, drink my blood and eat my flesh, you shall not have life in you. What is life? Supernatural life. It's an awesome thing for priests. And although priests can kind of get weary and you forget the awesomeness of your vocation. Boy, that, to be able to say, I absolve you of all your sins has to be. Mm. You know, uh, in the life of Francis de Sales, St. Francis de Sales, he was uh, uh, the bishop and he had many young men that were seminarians. And this one particular seminarian, uh, every time Francis de Sales would see him, he would see his angel, his guardian angel. In the beginning, when he was a seminarian, St. Francis saw him ahead of this young seminarian, always guarding him. But when this seminarian became a priest, the angel went behind him. Because the vocation of priesthood is so awesome. Awesome. If you don't pray a lot, you're not, you're going to lose it. And so the priesthood is so awesome. And you and I, as the people of God, must take advantage of these wonderful sacraments. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us here for part two of Mother Angelica answering the call with Doug Keck and Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Our phone caller, how can I consecrate myself to Jesus? Well, they're on the right path. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, Sunday morning, uh, my clock radio 
came on, and here is Joan Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Our buddy Joan. <laughs> Our buddy Joan. Right. And she's interviewing uh, this priest, and he talked about meeting Mother Teresa. And it, he, he saw Mother was there, and Mother came in, and he, he met her, and and she said, what do you do? And she said, he said, well, I'm studying for my PhD. And he was kind of embarrassed. He said, you know, I'm not working with the poor. I'm not, you know, like she was. And Mother took him by the hand and said, that's good. You continue to do that because young people need the truth. They need smart, smart people. And that young people in the United States, that many of them are starving for love and truth. So you continue to do that. And she would say, you do what you can do. I'll do what I can do. Let's both do something beautiful for God. Right, and and again, that uh, that idea that St. Paul talks about, the uh, fact that we all have different gifts mm-hmm. and, 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 and have different talents, and our, our obligation then is, as Mother said, our Lord doesn't expect us uh, to do the things the way he did or the things he did uh, because he's infinite, but he expects us to do things the way he did, right. try to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Be faithful to my state in life, as Mother puts it, as uh, you know, so it, it is living in accord with the obligations we have, the duties of our state in life, the circumstances of our life. Each of us is unique, but each of us is given grace to build the kingdom of God in our situations. Right, and as Mother talks about, this is real life. Mm-hmm. How can I consecrate myself to Jesus? Here's Mother Angelica. We have a call, hello? Hello, Mother. Yeah, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. My question is that uh, I'm a Catholic convert. As a matter of fact, I'm not yet a convert. I was raised as a Protestant. I want to know how to consecrate my life completely to Jesus Christ. Well, that's a wonderful question. Because all of us must dedicate and consecrate our life to Jesus, no matter what state you're in. First of all, it means that I want to be faithful to my state in life, whether that's married state, single, religious, priesthood, brotherhood, whatever. But in that state, I want to be like Jesus. You know, if you read the Gospels, you kind of put in your heart and mind what he did and said. He was awesome. When he was before Pilate, Pilate was very angry with Jesus. He said, don't you know, because Jesus wouldn't talk to him. And what a terrible thing to be so bad that God doesn't want to talk to you. He wouldn't answer. wouldn't answer Herod either or Caiaphas. God was silent. But when he said, don't you know, I have power to crucify you or free you, The Lord had to speak. He said, no, you have no power over me except it is given to you from above. Would you think of that when somebody had you scourged, crowned with thorns, humiliated before the whole crowd of people? Would would our hearts be ready? Well, our Lord doesn't expect us to do the things he did. He's infinite, but he expects us to do things the way he did. In your problems, in your heartache, say, it is the Lord. 
when the apostles were so scared in that boat because of the, the storm, and they saw Jesus walking on the water, said, Lord, save us. He wanted to hear them say, I need you, Jesus. And he made, it said, he made as if to go away. The disciples gone to Emmaus, he made as if to walk ahead or go away. He wanted you to, he wanted to hear them say, Jesus, I need you. Isn't that wonderful? I trust you, Lord. I trust this to you. This is what you have to do. And pray. Pray. And I know some of you are saying, well, Mother, in real life, oh, come on. You talking about, wait, some of you live real life? It's real death. It's not real life. you got to be kidding. I may be 74, but I'm not senile. That is not real life. I know real life. If you ever live in a rat-infested apartment, rats this big, you know real life. But that's not real. I was born and you were born for Jesus. So you want to be close to him. You want him to be your best friend. Now, how is he going to be your best friend if you never talk to him? What happens if one friend doesn't talk to another? Now, you know what happens. So, number one, we want to trust the Lord. We want to pray. We want to be like him. We want to be like him. And when we fail, then we want to be humble and admit it. You know, there's some people who will never say, I'm sorry. Mm. Bad, bad. So, if you want to consecrate your life to God, be cheerful. Oh, there's nothing worse than a sad saint. <laughs> I don't think they're saints at all. How can you be? A, how can you love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength? First commandment, and not be happy. So that's how you would consecrate yourself to God. And closing out this week's program, a caller wants to know about praying and having confidence in God's love for you. Do you think a lot of people worry about that? They do, and um, and she's talking here about surgery and. Right now, she's refusing to go through a surgery, and Mother rightfully says, well, sometimes you may God may want you to go through that particular surgery. And God often brings us help through others. So yes, we should pray, and we should ask for healing. But let's also be open to the possibility that his providence is going to work through the goodness of others, right. that he inspires others. Just like our, our listeners here, they support this network. Well, he inspires them. He moves them to support this. And uh, he often does bring blessings and healings to us through others. Absolutely. Another thing that's interesting at the, at the end of this particular conversation, Mother starts talking about the vision mm -hmm. of EWTN yeah. and never being satisfied. And, and now here we mm -hmm. are, how many years later, and so much of what she's saying has come true. Yeah, and we've watched it grow over the years. And I think that's strengthened my faith, mm -hmm. you know, in God's providence, just to see this network grow from this little 
garage <laughs> operation <laughs> right. in 1985 when I got here to what it's doing today. And it's really a miracle of his providence and a testimony to the hard work of our employees and their faith. Right. And as the sisters would say, we don't know what we're doing, but we're getting better at it <laughs> every day. Let's see. Pray and have confidence in God's love for you. We have another call. Hello? Hello, uh, Mother. Where are, you, where are you from? San Antonio, Texas. And what is your question? My question, Mother, is I am very ill. Uh, I took very ill yesterday. Ah. I've heard a lot about uh, the prayer of healing, mm -hmm. and I did that with my mother when she passed away, as well That's as my right. sister. And I have found myself now in the, in the position to where I'm asking God to help me. That's fine. I'm, uh, I refused surgery, for one. Mm-hmm. Um, last night I left the hospital, and I am praying. And we'll pray with you. Thank you, Mother. You're welcome. That's what we can always do, is to pray. If God wants you to go through some surgery, then go. We'll pray for that, that it's successful. Sometimes maybe we think in our heart it's not prudent, but you have to really pray and talk to your family and and see what God wants you to do. But always do what you do with confidence in God's love for you, God's mercy to you, and His providence. He will take care. Well, would you believe we only have a minute and a half? And in that minute and a half, I want to thank you again for giving God, you and all of us together, a hundred million homes for His vicar to go into to pray for, and to teach. That's his mission. That's his mission from God. Infallible, truthful, honest, and strong. We are so fortunate to have such a holy Pope. Thank you again. And let us again never be satisfied with what God has done until we reach China, Japan, and India, and we go global, I will not let you go. I will pester you for more and more until every inch of this world, every spot has heard that Jesus Christ is Lord. God bless you. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.